today, God wants to awaken us. He wants to open our eyes for divine appointments, for divine moments. You know, uh, our executive staff just came back from our off-site to New York, right? It was really, really fun. But, you know, we were wondering, like, we thought we were just being selfish. No, not selfish. We were just blessing ourselves by going to New York because we could have done it here, right? We could have done it in Emeryville, but somehow, some way, we chose to go to New York for our off-site. And we thought, what a, what a great way to bless our staff. They worked hard. We want to bless them by taking them to New York, we thought. But every day in New York was full of divine appointments. We, they saw Benjamin's you know, Instagram story, these couple that we haven't seen for like five years from another country. And they're like, PB, you're in New York? We live in New York now. And they reached out to us. And you know, there was a divine, like, just like encouragement from both sides to each other. Like we were able to prophesy over them and really like activate them for their next season of ministry. And they were, they were able to just share with us like what they were going through, and it kind of shaped our executive offsite meeting for our next thematic goal, right? I mean, I can't tell you everything right now, but what they said from their experience opened our eyes and it shaped our meeting. It was so divine. Glory to God. We got to meet with Tatsuya and Yumiko. Yeah, Yeah, right? There were our Japanese elders here for a few years, and they moved to New York. It was such a divine moment of encouragement, right? And then we met up with two other pastors that we've never known before, right? It was so divine. And they were, like, one of the pastors was like, man, I need you guys. I need friends, right? And it was so divine. We were able to encourage them. He was able to encourage us. And there were some that Benjamin and I I were praying for, and we needed an answer, right? We're like, God, just speak. Because, you know, if you don't know, you know by now. For 15 years, the way Benjamin and I, we run our church isn't pros and cons. We don't think about what's best for us ourselves. We pray. We seek God's will. And when we hear God, even if it has more cons, if God spoke to us, we will obey. Right? And so we're like, God, we need you to let us know what your will is about this particular situation. And guess what? There was a divine last-minute meeting with another pastor And it was to the word. It's like that pastor didn't even know what was going on and what we were praying about. And God spoke to us in the days to come. So if you want to know everything, you want to come to our all-members meeting at the end of this month. Okay? We We didn't share that, huh? Right? March 20, uh, right? <laughs> I think it's last Sunday of March. You want to be there because we're going we're gonna to tell you what God's been speaking to us, and we're going to obey God as a house. Amen? Amen. So you want to look for divine moments, not, not like once in 10 years, not just like once a year, not 
once or twice a year. You know what God is saying? Sons and daughters of God, if you would believe, if you would dare to believe, you could live daily lives going from divine moments to divine appointments to divine, you hear me? God is looking for sons and daughters of God who would dare to believe for divine appointments on a day-to-day basis. Amen? Now, Dr. Kirby, who is the pastor of our pastor, Pastor Robert, right? So Dr. Kirby's been saying this a lot, and I hear it over and over again. You know how, like, when you hear, like, it goes over your head? It's like, okay. But as I read Acts 11, it made sense. This is what Dr. Kirby said. Hear me carefully. That's what he says. Hear me carefully. Little children. You know, Dr. Kirby calls mom and dad little children. I'm like, what? What am I then? Like, I'm an infant, right? So little children, hear me carefully. There, there are three laws that govern destiny. You know, we preach about destiny, that, that God put greatness in each one of us. There's destiny that needs to be realized in each one of you. And he was saying there's three laws that govern your destiny. You want to hear about it? Yeah. Number one, okay, the law of experience. Number two, the law of relationship. Number three, the law of place, okay? There are some experiences that you must experience. And there are some people that you must meet in order for you to live out your destiny. And there are some people, relationships, that you need to be cut from in order for you to reach your destiny. And there is a place you must be at in order for you to be activated in your destiny. You know, we've been, I've been saying this. You probably memorized this by now. 2018 was the most, what? Difficult, most humiliating year for Benjamin and I as a pastor and as a leader, right? There's been accusations. There's been failures. It was the hardest year of our lives. But what did God promise? God promised, Sonny, it may be painful and difficult, but pretty soon you're going to thank me for 2018 because the storms of 2018 prepared you for the blessings of 2019. Without the storms of your 2018, your cup is too weak to receive all the blessings of 2019. The the storms of 2018, the, 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 the pain, how it took all of your strength to cling to the promises of God, to the truth of God, that If you fight, you will win. Remember God said that? If you fight, you will win. When you fight the good fight of faith. And as we clung to God in the midst of pain and difficulties in 2018, we are ready for the blessings of 2019. Without this, blessings would have crushed us. But because of 2018, the blessings of God will actually bless us. Hmm? And you know what I realized? That if God allowed it, I don't care how painful it is. If God allowed it, then it must be necessary for my destiny. Even though I was humiliated, 
and I wanted to hide. I wanted to quit. Can I be real? Pastors want to quit sometimes. Even then, if God allowed it to happen, then it must have been necessary for my destiny. Five, four, three, two, one. God, I trust you. Five, four, three, two, one. God, I forgive them. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to listen to last week's sermon. What did God say? When there's false accusation, when there's pain, even by our loved ones, right? Husbands causing your wives unnecessary pain because you don't just get it. (laughs) Even that, God is calling the wives to forgive quickly and to bless generously. And wives nagging and nagging beyond your husband's ability to handle because you think that's the only way he'll listen to you, which is not true. It will actually shut them down. I learned that after 19 years of being married to Benjamin. What did God say? Forgive quickly and bless generously. That our experiences, no matter how painful they are, if God allowed it, then it was necessary for my destiny. And you heard me over and over again how they abandoned me when I was three years old, right? I don't know if my brother heard of this. They abandoned, I was, I was at home by myself in Korea, right? That's when they used to like kidnap kids, right? And they, they like, you better not go with any strangers, right? So I was so afraid I would hide myself in the closet for hours until somebody came home. And you heard about my testimony, how when I was in first and second grade, that People, my family, forgot to pack me lunch. That's why I'm so serious about packing Aletheia lunch (laughs) that she likes. Because they forgot, because I'm the fourth out of five. And I would often starve, because I didn't have any lunch. All these painful experiences. You know, when I look back, I could cry about it and say, I was in love, so that's why I can't love you. No, when I look back, those experiences were experiences were necessary because I get to understand how the orphans feel because I get to be the mom, the sister, the pastor of the orphans all over the world. You know what I could say now? When I look back, I don't cry about it. I don't complain about it. I'm not sad about it. I am thankful because those experiences were necessary. For your destiny to be activated, you need to meet certain people. For, for me, number one was Benjamin, my husband. Because before I met Benjamin, I was naive. Well, not naive, because I party. I was <laughs> insecure is a better word. Insecure, right? Presbyterian girl, right? Who was taught you cannot preach unless you're teaching little children. You, what, right? I was taught that, right? And because of that, I told, and, but I was so in love with God, right? And I wanted to live for God. And so the best I thought would be marry a pastor, be a pastor's wife, and just be in the back row and just hug people when they come in. <laughs> and cook for people 
and teach at Sunday school, which isn't bad, which is great if that's what their destiny was. But the problem was that wasn't my destiny. But I didn't know. I didn't know. I couldn't see the destiny that was locked inside of me until I met Benjamin. And every time I said, Benjamin, you're the front person. You get to preach in the front. I'll just love people in the back. And every time I said that, you know what Benjamin would say? He would say, no, Sonny. No. You're called to preach. I'm like, uh, we've been friends for five years, and we've been dating for one year, and you still don't know me, right? You don't know me. I'm not like that. I don't, li- I, I don't know how to preach, right? I don't know how to teach. And Benny was like, no, Sonny, I was praying for you. And God showed me a vision that you were prophesying over nations, and you were preaching in front of thousands. And I was like, I'm like, nah, you don't know me. That's not God. But deep inside, something woke, awoke inside of me. Maybe, just maybe, right? And being married to Benjamin, now you get to see an Asian American woman preaching. Why? Why? Because of divine relationship. Without meeting Benjamin, I wouldn't be standing here. Emeryville is divine. I remember when I was in college, in Bible college, my sister bought a condo over here, and I lived with her. And for some reason, I really loved Emeryville, and I don't know why. And many, 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 many years later, (laughs) Benjamin and I were married, and out of nowhere, Benjamin comes and says, Sonny, God spoke to me two weeks, I don't know, a month ago, that God's going to send us out to plant a church. I said, you know what? I think that's God. And then he said, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to scare you until God confirmed it. And the other day, I was driving around in Oakland, and I found myself in Emeryville, and the Holy Spirit fell on me, and God said, Emeryville is a place. And when I first heard that, remember years ago, the love that I have for Emeryville? I was like, oh, it is God. And God showed us vision after vision that in this small city of Emeryville, that he would release fire of God, not only to reach the Bay Area, but to the nations. In order for you and I, To be activated, living out our destiny, you need to allow these three laws to govern us. The law of experience. You cannot judge what God calls a good, bad. You can, you hear me? You cannot, you cannot run away from experiences no matter how painful they are. Because if God allowed it, it is necessary for your destiny. The law of relationship. Look around. There are some key relationships that God has it here for you, for you to be activated in your destiny. And the place. God has you here, not as a chance, but it's divine. It's the law of place for your destiny. I want you to look at verses 19 through 20, Acts 11. You see, now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed was tra- traveled as far as Antioch. Think about it. Persecution is bad. They kill you. You know, you know, you know what I mean? They, 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 they beat you. Right? They, they 
cause pain upon you. Persecution in the physical realm. Remember that last time I preached about we need to, we live in the physical realm. And when we live here, the rules and the laws of physical realm governs us. But God calls his sons and daughters to the spiritual realm. But there's obstacles and we must, what, press through to the spiritual realm with the divine laws reign over our lives. Remember that? Hmm? Here, in this realm, persecution is bad. But you know what? For Christians, for your sake and my sake, persecution was necessary. Hmm? Persecution. Stephen being killed. Imagine the first Christian ever to get killed in front of your eyes. You're watching Stephen preaching, and Jews are throwing stones, and you're right there, and you're his best friend, and you're his sister, you're his mother, you're his brother, you're his... How would you feel? It's terrible to watch somebody die in front of you. My little bunny died in front of me. Last year, and I was traumatized for a while. My bunny died, and I was traumatized. Imagine first Christian to get killed in front of your eyes in this physical realm. That's bad. That's like, God, why have you forsaken us? God, why did you allow this? But in the destiny, in God's destiny for his people, that murder was necessary. And people, because of that persecution, Christians scattered, the Bible says. If you read verse 19 through 20, they traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. The persecution scattered. You know, if something happens and all of you scatter, that would be bad for Benjamin and I. I'd be like, oh no, our people! But we cannot judge what God calls it necessary and good. Bad. Mm -hmm. Hmm? And not only that, some Christians went to Antioch. Antioch is the first city where they witnessed to the Greeks. And they became Christians. Antioch was a place where Paul was sent to. Amen? Let's not judge according to our own understanding. Hmm? Let's not call what, call what God calls good bad. And let's not call what God, call, God calls bad good. Hmm? Look at verses 22 through 26. Okay? News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas, everybody say Barnabas, Barnabas. to Antioch. You know, Barnabas was a good man, it says. Good man. Good man. Full of the spirit and faith. And when they heard about people receiving Jesus, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And guess what? This Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. You see, for Paul, Barnabas was the the law number two, the law of relationship. Without Barnabas, Paul cannot be activated and released in his destiny as the apostle 
of Jesus Christ. Remember that? Remember that Paul was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians? Remember that? And Jesus met him and he got blinded and he heard Jesus' voice, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Remember that? That experience, as traumatic as it was for Paul, because he got blinded. Imagine, out of nowhere, you can't see. In that realm, that's bad. But for Paul, that was necessary experience that he needed to yeah, go right. through. Even being blinded was necessary for his destiny. Yeah. Right? Amen. And for three days, he was blind. And God sends a prophet to open his eyes. And he preaches in synagogues and is powerful. And now the Jews are trying to kill him. And so the, the, the disciples said, Paul, Paul, we love you. You need to go back to Tarsus. Did you know Paul, here in the Bible, is only two chapters. But that, those two chapters were minimum 10 years to maximum 14 years. He had to be somewhere where nobody knew him for 14 years. He was not known as great apostle. He just lived his daily life in the city of Tarsus as just a Christian. Remember, even before he was sent to Tarsus, it is Barnabas who took Paul to the disciples and said, no, he's a real Christian. Because back then the disciples were like, no, we're afraid of him. Are you sure he's a real Christian? What if he's lying and deceiving us to get us? And Barnabas was like, no, he really met Jesus. Barnabas, from day one, was a kingdom divine relationship that God provided for Paul. And 14 years later, when everybody forgot about that Paul, you know that Paul who persecuted Christians? You know that Paul who met Jesus and was blinded? You know that Paul who tried to preach as soon as he got saved? That Paul that everybody forgot. 14 years later, Barnabas did not forget Paul, and he actually went to Tarsus looking for Paul. You know what God is saying? God is saying, I'm calling some of you to be the Barnabas. You got to open your eyes. When everybody else disqualifies them, when everybody else says, ah, when everybody ignores them, God is calling you to no reach out. I'm calling you to be his Barnabas. And some of you, God is saying, you're the Paul. You cannot reject Barnabases in your life. You cannot not answer when Barnabas is calling. When your CG leader calls, answer the phone. You hear me? God is saying, you are Paul's and you are Barnabas's. Hmm? Amen? Amen? Amen. And when he found Paul, he took him to Antioch. And for a whole year, right, Barnabas and Saul met and taught in the church of Antioch. Hmm? I remember Andrew's dad and mom were here, right, during Christmas season. And so right before they left, I'm like, okay, okay, right? Like, white couple from England, you, have you had pho? They're like, what is pho? I'm like, I got to take it to pho, right? <laughs> so I took them to my favorite pho restaurant. And they actually loved it, right? They, they ate the whole, they even drank the whole thing, right? <laughs> While we were talking, Andrew's dad started to prophesy. And he was saying, you know, Pastor, I sense 
that in this next season, Living Hope is going to walk under open heaven. Open heaven. And he said, in 2019, Pastor, you are going, you guys are going to meet key people in the kingdom. That's going to open doors that you could not open for many years. Kingdom relationship. Right, Mom? See, Mom is saying wow because she knows what's going on that you're going to hear about when you come to the members meeting. Okay? There are key people in your life right now. Do you recognize them? Or you may meet them tomorrow or tonight. The key is this. Is your eyes open? Is your heart open to seek? Because here, even though God had all these divine moments and appointments prepared, we're just so busy living our own lives, you know, we don't do five, four, three, two, one. We snooze, snooze, snooze. We're late. So we don't have time to spend time with God in the morning. Because of that, our eyes are closed. And we cannot see what God has prepared for us. And we're rushing to get to work. And people that God prepared for us to minister to, we yell at them because we're late. Get out of my way. Right? We are not able to walk through divine moments because we're blinded. Hmm? God is saying, if you would just believe and open your eyes. Antioch was a necessary place for Paul. Barnabas was necessary relationship for Paul. Antioch was a necessary place for Paul to be at. It was the first city where they witnessed the Greeks. It was the first city where the disciples were called Christians. And from Antioch, what, which became a mission center, that Paul... And Barnabas was separated by the Holy Spirit, and they were sent out from Antioch to the unknown world to reach the nations. Hmm? You know what I hear God saying? That you are here because it was necessary for your destiny. That you didn't wake up early just to be here. Just go through the religious cycle. You're here because it's necessary for your destiny. You know what I hear God saying? Stop complaining about your situations. Because it is that situation that's going to, that may activate you in your destiny. Hmm? You know, um, in New York, I'm pretty sure Daniel wouldn't mind me sharing this. In New York, you know, we got to spend some divine moments with these couple that we met, Right? And we were prophesying each other, right? And um, as Benjamin was prophesying over them, like Daniel saw like vision, open vision for them, right? And you could tell like he was, his eyes were teary. Like you could, you know how when the Holy Spirit is like real, like it was like that when I saw Daniel. So I was like, oh, like I was like teary-eyed just watching Daniel, right? And then like Daniel's like sharing that, you know, that vision that he saw over them. And then while he was sharing, they were seeing vision about him, right? It was like mutual, so divine. And we're like, this is too good because we're supposed to go separate ways, right? This is too good. We're going to go to their house. We're going to like spend some time praying, right? And so we went to their, to their house and we were praying. And Benjamin's like, Daniel, I didn't tell you this, but throughout this week, God showed me this vision about you. 
right? And like, there are three visions. I'll just tell you one, okay? Like one of the vision was everybody lived on the, it was like multi-level complex, but everybody lived on the first floor. Why? Because the elevator was broken and nobody knew how to fix it. And so they only lived in the first floor. But he, in the vision, God saw Daniel come with the tool, right? And then he assessed the situation. He fixed the elevator, and people went to the next level and next level and next level. And Benjamin had two more visions, similar, same meaning, but different situation. And he, he was like, ben, he was telling Daniel, Daniel, in this season, right, it's not just for living hope that you're doing this, but you're going to, the body of Jesus Christ needs you. Right? And it's like so divine. And then all of a sudden I'm like, aha, it makes sense. What happened? San Francisco, sons and daughters. You know, when that happened, Daniel arose. He rose up. Even before we asked Daniel, can you go there and take care of it? Even before we said all that, he said, I think I need to go there more. Even though he loves Emeryville campus and he misses when he's not here, he's like, I need to go there. And so he's been really working hard on that side, right? And I thought, oh, shoot, even though what happened in our San Francisco campus, like our executive staff, starting from Benjamin and I and Daniel and ever, we're like, oh, oh my God, this is so hard. This is so painful. But it is that very problem that God gave an answer to us. And because Daniel was faithful to be that answer, instead of complaining, man, I already have a lot in Emeryville campus. Now I have to worry. Instead of complaining, God, you're calling me to go fix what is broken there. And because of that, it becomes an open door, not only for soda, but to many churches, many bodies. What we complain about, about the problem, that's actually the gateway yeah. where God yeah. makes you an answer. Remember that? Yeah. What T.D. Jakes preached and Benjamin out of that preached again? That you are the answer yeah. to the problems. And when you walk as an answer, it opens doors. Yeah. It activates you in your destiny. So today, God is speaking to us to not judge our circumstances according to our own understanding. God is saying, sons and daughters, will you look for divine experiences? Will you look for divine relationships? Will you look for divine places to be at? You got to live each day with seeking those divine moments. You know what? Holy Spirit wants to lead you, not just on Sunday morning for you to oh, feel good about. He wants to lead you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But he cannot lead you if you don't look to him. He cannot lead you if you don't follow him. But how can you follow somebody that you don't look to, that you don't seek after? If you want me to lead you, you got to follow me when I lead you. You hear me? God is saying, you want the Holy Spirit to lead you, then you got to look for divine moments. You got to have faith that divine experiences, divine relationships, divine appointments can be a normal part of your life. Hmm? God is saying, stop recognizing the negative things in your life. 
Because when you do that, you are allowing the powers of darkness to influence your life. Hmm? But when we are connected to the divine realm, because you seek for it, if you don't seek for it, you're not going to find it. But when you look for divine moments, God, on my way to work at the, in this bar, I'm, I'm looking for divine appointments. When you are actively looking, seeking for divine connection, divine moments, you become the vessels of God to release the divine realm into the earthly realm. The physical realm is desperate. I want you to imagine a baby crying desperately for mommy or daddy. The physical realm that you and I live in right now is desperate for sons and daughters of God to bring the divine realm down. Hmm? I remember the first time, well, not first time, well, first time as Living Hope, right? We went to Indonesia together after tsunami. And we took, we gathered money and we wanted to bless, right, the people in Indonesia that have been um, just traumatized by the, by the, right, earthquake and tsunami. I remember we went to Banda Aceh and we did a lot of good things, right? A lot of good things. We provided their daily needs. It was good. But then we heard the Lord say, for Benjamin and I both, God said, do not touch $2,000. Save $2,000. So we're like, for what? He didn't say anything. So we said, okay, we cannot touch $2,000. So we saved $2,000. And we did whatever we can with the rest of the money. And then on our way back, we went to Nias Island, right? And that's where we met our orphans for the first time in 2000. Five, right? And when we went to Nias, Benjamin and I, every day we woke up, okay, where is that divine appointment? Why did you make us save $2,000? We're, we're active. We're not just, okay, if it's God's will, he'll do it. No, we were actively praying in the morning, God, today, are we going to meet that divine appointment? Divine appointment. Who do you want us to spend this $2,000 for? And as we seek, sought after God for divine appointments, one of those days, it wasn't the first day, one of those days, God brought this widow, a widow with five kids by herself, and we visited her shack. It was sad. It was like, when it rained, it drenched them, and they have to sleep being wet. And all six of them slept in a little wooden thing that's the size of this drum area. They had nothing. They had nothing. And God said, this, you're the divine answer for this widow. I want you to build a house. So this is what, 15 years ago, right? And so we asked the leaders over there, and we asked the, the people who build houses, what do you call them? Construction. Con yeah, construction people, right? Contractors, right? So okay, how much does it take for us to build them a small house with a good roof, right? And they said $2,000. Wow divine. How could you not get excited? Yeah. When it's like so divine, right? And remember, I made you all cry when Sharon and I were going to North Korea? <laughs> Who was there? So I got really emotional because I've been praying about North Korea all my life. So I said, even if I don't come back, 
Even if I die there as a martyr, do not, do not question God's goodness. Promise me that you will love God and serve God till you die all the days of your life. If you say yes, come to the altar. Benjamin was the first one at the altar, right? Everybody came out. Remember Jason? Even if you die, we will still serve God. So we had those emotional times. And then Sharon and I, we have faith. I imagine if they're going to, like, you know, trying to kill us, I'm going to jump in front of Sharon, and I'm going to save her life. She's going to go back and go back home. So I was, like, you know, imagining dying, right? <laughs> and then we go to the, the, the zone, right, to go through. So we got all five stamps. And we got to the North Korea side, and my heart's just fluttering. Oh, I'm in North Korea. Oh, my God. All the years of me praying for North Korea. Oh, God, thank you. And they're like, you have to wait here. And we waited there all day. Like, oh, God. I just want to, like, run outside the door. If, you know, I'm, oh, North Korea. Oh, God. And then at the end of the day, said, you need to go back. No. And so I was like, no, I prayed. Everybody pray. They're expecting me to go, and, but I can't even go in. No, God, oh, no, right? This is not supposed to be. And I'm not going to lie. I was really heartbroken that I never actually got into North Korea. But that day, I was sharing with this Korean missionary there, and she said, actually, I have a friend here. I could set up a secret meeting. I go, secret? Why? Because <laughs> he said, you see, uh, he rescues North Koreans. So you cannot meet him in public. So if you want to work with him, he's actually in town. He just called me today. I could set it up. I said, okay, set it up. Right? And so, but your team, can, your friend cannot come. Only you. Right? So, so she set up where I had to go this like dark alley, right, and follow a stranger. And so Sharon and this other person that joined us, I was like, you follow me, but don't let them know that you're following me. So they're, they're like, follow, they're trying to follow me, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm, acting all cool. We go into this dark alley, and I look. I'm like, go back, go back, go back. Right? And so they go back from that dark alley and they take me to this weird place and we go upstairs and there was a cafe that was close and like, we're gonna go in here and meet. And so I go in there and I'm waiting and this man with this hat like covered his face, he like he secretly walks in and he sits down and he shares about this crazy story. But he used to just run into the river, right, to grab kids that are running away. And they're shooting at him, and he grabs them, and he rescued so many kids like that. And um, he was sharing, and, and all these miracle stories, and he, he and his wife raised them, right? And then miracle happened where they all could come to South Korea together, right? And in one of the countries, I forget, either Cambodia or China, right? And they got caught, and they were all taken these kids to North Korea, and they were all executed. And so this guy was so traumatized, right? And um, he needed inner healing. He was, but then he's like, I owe my life. I want to spend rest of my life rescuing. 
And so he's telling the story. And I'm like, oh, I'm like shaking. Holy Spirit is on me. And he's like, Pastor, if you went in to North Korea, there's no way I could work with you. I cannot work with the humanitarian missionaries that go in because they work against each other. So we had to be separated because you could not go in. We could work together. I was like, oh, oh, it was necessary that I did not go in. And he's like, I'm actually in the middle of rescuing an 18-year-old. Can you help us? And so Living Hope, we got to divinely rescue an 18-year-old that trip. Come on. That's the Fine. I want you to look to your neighbor and say, it only takes a moment. You see, in the divine realm, what would take months or what would take years in the physical earthly realm, it only takes a moment. Hmm? And divine moment can be normal to sons and daughters of God. Elizabeth, that was a divine moment. Because she sought after a divine touch from God. Why? Because Emily was able to say, God can do it. God is looking for sons and daughters that are willing to believe for divine moment after divine moment on a mundane, day-to-day basis. Hmm? Healing can be normal, just like Elizabeth. Salvation can be normal. You could lead somebody in your work, in your family, if you are looking. Favor of God that opens closed doors can be normal part of your life. Hmm? What is impossible can be possible for sons and daughters who dare to believe. You and I can be divine vessels every day. Only if you and I will seek out divine moments during our daily lies okay if i could have worship team come back let's end with verses 27 through 30 during this time some prophets came down from jerusalem to antioch one of them named agabus stood up and through the spirit everybody say spirit, spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire entire roman world the disciples as each one was able decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in judea This they did, sending their gifts to the elders, to Barnabas and Saul. Just like Christians in Antioch, we can receive prophetic words in advance. Just like when God sent Benjamin and I back to Banda Aceh the next few months after tsunami, God told Benjamin, persecution is coming, but tell my people in Banda Aceh not to be afraid, for I will be with them. And we were able to go there with that prophetic word in advance to prepare them for the persecution that was coming their way. One word from God can take somebody out of the pit, and God wants to use you. If you're in a pit, all you have to look for is a divine moment where God sends that divine one word. One word from God can provide financially. One word from God can encourage and provide, heal, and deliver us. I want you to rise up with me. Today, God is looking for those that will dare to believe. That would go beyond living their daily lives. Those 
that allow life to happen to them. Life happens, and we just live there. But God is saying, no, you can happen to life. If you would reach and connect to the divine realm, you can be the vessel. You hear me? You reach for divine moment, and you are connected to divine realm. That when people meet with you, they could experience the presence of God. Even if you say, before you say a word, they feel something different because the divine has come down. God is saying, will you be my vessel? Will you go from divine moment to divine appointments, to divine places, to divine experiences? So I want you to respond to God. God, give me faith. Open my eyes. Open my eyes, God. Open my heart to seek after divine appointments, Lord. Today, not tomorrow, not next year, but today, God. That will you give me faith to believe what is impossible in my life. To believe that in you all things are possible. And as you make what is impossible possible in my life, you make me a vessel. That you use my life to bring down what is divine into the earthly realm, Lord. That you would raise me up as your son, as your daughter, Lord, to believe, to believe, to believe, and to see and to manifest the kingdom here on earth. Hmm. Come on, I want you to respond to God. God, give me faith. God, activate my faith today, Lord. God, not to see with the eyes of the flesh. Because when we see with the eyes of the flesh, Lord, we get stuck in life when the life happens to us, Lord. We get stuck in our pain. But God, open our eyes, God. Open our eyes to see you in the divine realm, Lord. Because when we see you, it's easier to believe. Help us to believe, Lord.